This is a good old Christmas edition. We've had several of these and welcome back listeners to the podcast. We pray that this podcast episode will encourage you. We pray that it will spur you on to love Jesus more and to go out and make and multiply more followers of Jesus wherever you're at in the local church. Um, like I said, this is another Advent edition of our podcast and this is basically a um, shortened version of the message that I preached uh, this past weekend. And um, we're doing that for a couple of reasons, mainly because we've had some technology issues with our live stream and <clears throat> recording and all that. And so, you know what, we're just going to do it on the podcast. So uh, for those that were, na- were not able to make it uh, to church this past Sunday, apologize for that, but hopefully this will supplement to some of your um, time with the Lord this week. And we'll just uh, get you caught up on what we talked about this past weekend. And so we've been doing this thing with our church, um, this, this Advent series, um, communicating different um, aspects of who Jesus is and really why we worship him at, at Christmas. Because it's a great question to ask, like, why do we worship Christ? Why do we worship Jesus at, at Christmas time? Is it simply just because Christ is in Christmas, right? Is that why we worship him? Is it just because of tradition? Is it just because grandma did and and all that? Or is there is there more to it? And obviously we believe strongly that there's more to it. And so um, we've been going through um, several different aspects. The first week we talked about how Jesus is our peace and how he provides that peace and what it really looked like to be peace on earth. What does that mean? What's that concept mean? Um, and then we talked about how Jesus is our God. Like what what, what does that have to do with anything? Why, why is the incarnation, this idea that Jesus is both God and man important. So we talked about that. And then lastly, we talked about how Jesus is our King, which, um, if, um, we really don't have any concept, any concept of Kings and kingdoms today in America from a, from a royalty perspective, I'll, I'll, I'll tweak it in a minute, but like from a, just a standpoint in America, like we just don't get that because we don't, we don't have a King. We don't have kingdoms. We don't have a queen. Um, but you know, Brandon and I, this past, um, not this past year, goodness, it's been, it's been four years now, which is crazy. Time just flies. Um, we went to England to visit her, her sister and, and our brother-in-law cause they lived there for a season. And so we were able to go to Buckingham Palace and just, you know, creep outside the Queen's house, right? Um, it's a really cool, I mean, England's just awesome. I love England, in London area. It's just a really cool area. Um, but we were able to see Buckingham Palace and see all the other um, homes of royalty and just, man, just the pomp, the circumstance of it all, just the, man, just the, not, it's not even glitz and glamour as in like a celebrity thing, but it's just this like nobility and like, you know, formal and tradition and just the ornateness of like, even the gates. I mean, we took some pictures and just, just how, man, just how just big and just, you, you know, traditional and special even Buckingham Palace is. And so it got me thinking, you know, thinking about that, like, we don't have that here. Like, you know, we maybe get some of that within our own political, you know, spheres of things, but we don't have this idea of like, you know, a queen and there's just this royal noble aspect to it. Yeah. We have that a little bit with our presidents and, you know, and our, you know, um, political system, but we just don't really get it. And I think, um, so I think we kind of start with a disadvantage when we start talking about kingdoms and, and kings, especially that Jesus is our king, we kind of start with the disadvantage that maybe someone uh, around the world and even in, especially in the first century in, in the Bible um, that they didn't have. Um, so we start with a little bit of disadvantage, but I would contend with you, and this is what I said in, in the message, I would contend with you that America actually understands kings and kingdoms better than they think they do. It's just in a far different way. And so I, I don't know if you know this, but there are plenty of kings and plenty of kingdoms in the United States. There is plenty of them. 
They not, might not be sitting in a palace, but they are definitely sitting and reigning on our hearts. And so we, we might not get this idea of, you know, a throne, a physical throne and a physical crown, but we all follow some sort of king and kingdom today. <clears throat> we just do. Um, believer, unbeliever. Um, hopefully if you're a believer, that king is, is Christ. But when, when, when you're thinking about kings and kingdoms, you all follow something. And so the phrase I used that I think is helpful is because maybe kings and kingdoms is still a little foreign to you. Like, how, how does that apply? Like, put it, put it this way. We all follow some sort of ideology. We all follow some sort of set of beliefs. To, 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 to the atheist or to the, um, hard, you know, excuse me, <laughs> I just had Chick-fil-A for lunch and, and, uh, which is awesome by the way, which I love me some Chick-fil-A, but <clears throat> probably shouldn't do a podcast after I eat Chick-fil-A, but it's all good. Um, I have no idea what I was just talking about, man. It just, it's one of those things you just, you, you, you get sidetracked cause you think about, oh man, that Chick-fil-A was so good. Right. <laughs> Anyways, um, from the, the atheist to the Christian, we all follow some sort of belief system. And, and so that's what we're meaning when we're saying like, what kingdom am I following? What, what set of beliefs, what ideology, what, um, what frame of mind, what's, what are the things that I'm going to for advice? Who, who am I going to, to seek counsel? Who, like, where am I going to, to figure out what's right and what's wrong? Like, where am I going? And we are all following some sort of king, some sort of kingdom. And I, I think, I think when we get down to it, here is the thing that I, I pressed so hard this past weekend. And I really, and it, it's convicted my heart is, is that no kingdom on this earth, no kingdom on this earth, no king, no kingdom, no ideology, no set of beliefs that is earthly is worth following. It's just not worth it. And so what I would what I would pose, what I would contend and, and hopefully defend throughout the rest of this podcast is that the kingdom of God, the reign of Jesus Christ is the kingdom, is the kingdom worth following. And not only, not only because um, it's going to matter at the end of time, but it's worth following today because it's immeasurably better than anything you could ever think or imagine. That's what scripture calls this idea of the gospel, this idea of, of who Jesus is and what he came to do, that it is far better. It exceeds our expectation, it exceeds our even just realm of thinking more than we could think or imagine. The kingdom of God is better. And so what we did in the message and what I just want to talk about for the last just a few minutes, you know, um, as this hopefully is just <clears throat> spring you on for Christmas this week. I mean, it's just going to be in a couple of days. And I just want to, I want to prove to you first that Jesus is rightfully King. That, that was the first thing that I wanted to pose was that Jesus, yes, is rightfully King of Israel. And so, um, I'm going to do a bonus episode. Um, not this one. So those who are wanting that genealogy episode, will have to wait to the next one, which it'll come out uh, this week. So don't worry. Um, cause I'll, I'll talk about the genealogies and I'll talk specifically why it's important to know that Jesus is rightfully King of Israel. But for the sake of this podcast, just know, um, genealogies prove, um, Jesus's ancestry proves that he is rightfully King, that he deserves to sit on the, on the throne of Israel forever. And so that was the first thing, but really the kind of the thrust that I really wanted to capture was that it's more important to understand that Jesus is rightfully King of the kingdom of God, that he is the King of the kingdom of God. And, and in John chapter John chapter 18, verse 36, I think Jesus says something very profound um, that's very important. This is, this is at the last moments of his, of his life before he dies, um, before he's resurrected. He says this to Pilate, 
which is so important. He says this, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. Every opportunity, uh, if there was a better opportunity to be had, it, it's not any better than this one. Jesus had the best opportunity if he wanted to dethrone Pilate, if he wanted to dethrone Caesar. He had the, this was the moment. He was standing in chains, about to be executed. He had every opportunity to stand there and say, you know what, actually, I guess I deserve that throne. The throne you're sitting on, the crown that you're wearing actually belongs to me because I am king of Israel. But he doesn't say that. He doesn't claim it. Why? Because I think he's, obviously, he's making a point and obviously he needs to go and die for the sins of the world, but he's making a very clear point that his kingdom is not of this world. It is not about that throne. It's not about that political nation state of Israel. It's about a far greater kingdom. And the kingdom of God is what he's saying. He said, I came to usher in a bigger kingdom, something that you, you won't even be able to fathom completely this side of heaven, that Jesus came to usher in a new kingdom. And so all throughout Matthew's gospel, all throughout um, all the gospels, really, um, specifically Matthew, though, Matthew talks a lot about the kingdom of God. Um, what we'll say in the genealogy episode that we'll get is that Matthew in his genealogy right off the bat in Matthew 1 is trying to prove that Jesus is king. And so through the rest of the book, Matthew talks a lot about the kingdom of God. And so he does that because yes, he's king of Israel, but more importantly, he is the king of the kingdom of God. And even more importantly than that, he needs to be king of your heart. Or said in another way, um, Matthew 3 says it's very clear. You know, even Jesus says it. John the Baptist says this is clear. Matthew 3, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. Repent and believe, Mark chapter 1. Repent because the kingdom is here. And so the question there is why repent? Like what, what is so special about the kingdom of God that I need to repent? Like what does that mean? Why do I need to believe in it? Like what, what what's going on there? Well, I think there's no better illustration that Jesus gives. Um, than the story with Nicodemus in John chapter three, where he says this um, statement, which is, is really fitting for this. He says this, Jesus says this to Nicodemus, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Jesus is saying, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is so beyond, like it's not about the thrones here. It's not about the physical. It is, it is bigger and better than anything you can imagine. It's not of this world. But in order to get into my kingdom, you have to be born again. You have to repent and believe. You have to be saved in another way to say it, right? You have to become a Christian in order to enter into Christ's kingdom. Like that's, that's the thrust of why Jesus came at Christmas. Jesus came at Christmas to be our king, not just king of Israel, but he came to be king of your life. And that's what I want to stress with you so much today, listener. And whether you are listening to this podcast and you're not a believer or uh, maybe you have been around Christianity for a long time, and my plea would be that you would that you would turn and repent of your sin and believe in Christ. That would be first and foremost. That you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot enter into eternity with God. You cannot be in heaven 
unless you are saved, unless you are born again, unless you repent and believe. You cannot see the kingdom of God is what Jesus says. But I think going beyond that too, going to the, to the next group of people, I think when we think about us as Christians, someone who's either been a longtime Christian or a new Christian, um, I think we can try to wrestle with like, what does that look like for me? How do I live in the kingdom of God today? Like, what does that look like? I get it. That's a future thing, right? The kingdom, like I will be in the kingdom of God and, you know, I'll be secure in heaven and that's my future that's secure. But what does it look like to live in the kingdom of God today? Because Jesus didn't say my kingdom is coming, but Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is here. And so, yes, it is coming to be fully realized, but Jesus made a very clear point. It is, it's here. And so what does that look like? What does it look like to live in the kingdom of God today? And and the thing that I really stress in the message is this, it's very simple, um, is that Jesus is worth following as king today. He's worth following as king today. And so I would say to you, to the longtime Christian, or, or even to the new Christian for that matter, um, I would say what Matthew 6 says, Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what I love about that phrase or that passage. He says, seek the kingdom of God. And you're like, okay, yeah, seek, seek kingdom. But then he says, and end of his righteousness. <laughs> So part of seeking the kingdom of God is seeking his righteousness, seeking his holiness. So that means doing what he says. It means following him. That means pursuing a holy and correct and right lifestyle. And so that definitely comes into play there. And so for for those who have been a Christian for a long time, my encouragement to you is to seek the kingdom. But inside of that, what I'm meaning by that is, is that you need to pursue Jesus in his way of living for you, for your life. Like, like what is Jesus wanting me to do? Like, how is he wanting me to live? Well, he's wanting us to be holy. He's wanting us to be, to be righteous, to living in a correct way. And the Bible clearly <laughs> lays out what that looks like. He's also wanting us to, to live, um, to live in right relationship with him. He wants us to, to read his word. He wants us to pray to him. He wants us to, uh, to be near him. He wants us to worship him. He, so all of these things, that's what it looks like to seek the kingdom. So when we say this idea of seeking the kingdom of God, I mean, just another way to say that is, is pursue a relationship with Jesus. That's what it looks like to seek the kingdom of God. And so maybe for you, for this Advent season, um, when we think about this idea of Jesus is King, um, you might know that and you might've said that and believe that and yes and amen to that. The question that I think must be asked though, is he truly 100% King of every nook and cranny of your life? You know, people in England can't say, you know what? Well, I'll, 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 I'll just let the queen uh, rule this part of my life. But this part over here, she she just she doesn't rule, or like, well, maybe this part of my money, you know, she doesn't rule. But this part over, here, they don't get they don't get to do that in England, right? Like she is the, she is the queen of England. How much more so with the king of the universe? How much more with the king of the kingdom of heaven? And so the question that I've had to ask my own heart and really reflect over this Christmas season is: Jesus the king? of my heart? Is Jesus the ruler of every part of my life? Is he, is he ruler and king over my finances? Is he ruler and king over my relationships? Is he ruler and king over my job? Is he ruler and king over my friendships? Is he ruler and king over my, whatever just came to your mind is probably the thing, probably the thing that you need to give to him. 
And so during this Advent season, this last week of Christmas, I want you to reflect on how incredible it is that Jesus is your king. That Jesus being the king of the universe, the creator of all things, Colossians says that he is, that he upholds the universe by the word of his power, Hebrews. That king came to dwell on earth to save you because he loves you, because he cared for you, because he wanted you to be in right relationship with God. That king came to save you from your sin, from an eternity separated from him. He came to save you. And now he wants you to live in his kingdom and follow his kingship. Jesus is far better than anything you could think or imagine that this world has to offer. It's better than, than, than any political candidate that you want to follow. It's better than any political um, framework that you want to follow. Whatever, whatever divide you're talking about, political uh, landscape from, he, Jesus is better than the two-party system. Jesus is far better. And so the thing that I wanted to press so much this past week in, in the message was that, that our allegiance needs to be to King Jesus first and foremost. You can have opinions politically. You can, you can fight for those opinions um, politically and have great conversation. But when it comes to, down to a Christian believer in Jesus, your allegiance, your, your, um, your framework, your set of beliefs comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. He is your king. Your allegiance is to him and him alone. Now, that doesn't mean we, we don't get to be great Americans. That doesn't mean we get to, you know, have, have a pass on any, on working in politics and having opinion, all, none of that. The point is this, Jesus came to be king of every part of your life. And he is worth following. And so is your allegiance this Christmas to King Jesus or is it to something else? And so as you reflect this week, as Christmas quickly approaches, what better time would there be for you to say, you know what? I haven't been following Jesus fully. I've, I've, been, I've been neglecting this area of my life where he's not been ruling over. Like what better than Christmas 2021 for you to say, no, I am going to go 100% all in on King Jesus and I'm going to follow him as king. Like what better thing for you than, then, than this Christmas to make that claim, that, that stake in the ground, I am going to follow King Jesus. And so wherever you're at, I hope this, this conversation about Jesus being king, um, I hope for some of you that it was just a, a reminder that, yeah, he's king. He's king over everything from finances to relationships. He is king. From my mind to my heart, he is king. So I hope that's a reminder. But for some of us, I, I also hope it's an encouragement to spur you on to 2022, that in 2022, that he would be king over everything, that you would follow him with all your heart, that you would know that your citizenship is found only in heaven and that you would seek first the kingdom of God. All right, guys, we will uh, be back on for one more bonus episode of the Multiply Church podcast where we get to talk about our genealogies. I know you're so stiked, stiked, stoked. I think I said psyched and stoked at the same time. So whatever, there you go. Um, but um, we will end on that episode. But it's been a great um, season and of a series of episodes um, in our Advent series. But at the end of the day, I really pray and hope that you guys have a Merry Christmas. All right, guys, we'll see you.